Cross the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for our week four review. I'm, as ever, your host, Andy Davis. And with me, I've got a returning guest and a new guest to the podcast, both from the same podcast, both of them from the third and long podcast. So first of all, with me today is Ravens fan Shane. How are you, mate? How are things? Andy, a pleasure as always. Thanks for having me. How's things? You all right? Yeah, all good. Um, those who saw on our Twitter page, you know, I was busy last on Sunday, the London game between the Jaguars and the Falcons. That was an amazing experience. Uh, there will be a vlog about it coming up in the future, but yeah, amazing experience. The best thing is I got two more of these. So yeah, looking forward to the two Tottenham games as well. And yeah, that was an amazing experience. You know, got to speak to, you know, Neil Reynolds, Michael from Pro Football Island, you know, Tony Baselli walked past me whilst I was making a cup of tea for myself, you know, uh, met so many people and so many guests of the podcast that have been on this podcast. I met both for the first time and also before. So I met, you know, I bumped into Freddie again from Franchise Tag, Dan Faloui from um, Across the Pond, uh, met Dre, Met Ash, met Sam and George from the you know Turn to Sports team, and uh, Chris Milner. I met so so many guests for this podcast that have been on uh, this year and last year uh, were there. So yeah, it was all around a great a great time. Um, but as well as Shane, we've got one of his fellow members of the Third Long Podcast, a first timer to this one to this podcast. With me today is Ollie Hope. How are you, mate? How are things? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me, Andy. I'm very excited. I know you've come on our podcast before, so it's nice to make an appearance on yours. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I was also at the Wembley game. The atmosphere was incredible, and um, I'm also lucky enough to go to the other two London games too. Not quite in the press box, but I'm looking forward to them also. Yeah, I thought actually, I don't know whether you thought the same thing. I thought that it was one of the best atmospheres I've had at London game. I think it was the first time I felt ever. I've been getting maybe my eighth or ninth game I've been to in my lifetime now in London and that felt to me like the best home crowd in terms of it felt like all Jags fans was a lot I don't know what you felt Ollie. it felt like it felt like a very loud Jags contingent at this game uh yeah I I, I think it was mainly Jags fans um I was sat next to well near two fans that were you know Atlanta through and through getting excited every time they got more than two yards on a play and standing up but mainly it did seem to be Jags fans and I was there shouting Duval with the rest of them. Yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. Um, and oh, actually, we, we, we may as well talk about it now. That was the first game on Sunday. Um, Falcons took on the Jags. The Jags won convincingly by 23 points to seven. Um, Ollie, your thoughts first, as you were there, as well as myself. What were your thoughts on the overall performance of, of both teams? So, um, the Falcons offense was poor. It was Bijan Robinson and nothing else. Something I did notice a lot of, though, was Desmond Ridder was playing a lot of dink and dunk. I'm not sure if it's whether Arthur Smith doesn't trust him to throw the ball long, because both times he threw it long in the game, it probably should have been picked. But he was playing a lot of uh, short offense, and the defense was able to adjust quickly to that with the two picks. And the big six. And um, although I don't think the Jags offense was firing, firing on all cylinders, it didn't really need to be. Obviously, they scored a couple of touchdowns. The Calvin Ridley one, and I think they scored one other. Uh, and then the pick six. So it, it wasn't a great game in quality-wise, but it was still a great atmosphere. And hopefully the other two will be a bit closer with two good teams. Yeah, I mean, you look at that 
Bills Jazz game. I mean, that's just a, a really exciting matchup, and just you know. Josh Allen, I mean, we'll talk about the Bills in a bit, but they're one of the, been one of the best teams in recent weeks in the league. And, you know, the Jags, you know, have the home advantage, which gives them a little bit of a uh, stranglehold over the Bills in that sense. Um, that should be an amazing game. And I think, I think if they can win that Jags, I think that's, you know, that's a good sign. But at the same time, you know, it's such a poor division. They could easily lose this game and still win a division with ease. I mean, they're two and two right now. Um, and I think... Yeah, whilst it wasn't convincing, I think at this stage of the season, you've got to get the wins in. You've got to just, it's not about how you start. You know, I think I was saying this last week when he beat the Broncos, it's all good winning in three, week three, but that's not going to win you Super Bowls. And I think that as long as the Jags can get forward at the right time down the stretch from week 14 onwards, I think that's, I think that's more important. I think the fact they're in a the worse division, I think helps that because they can afford to go nine and eight, maybe eight, eight and nine or something and still win the division. So, you know, I, I think the Jags, I think was, I thought the Trevor Lawrence touchdown to Calvin Ridley, the first one was really impressive because the way he evaded that pressure and avoided the sack and got the touchdown to Calvin Ridley, I thought was fantastic. And I thought that, yeah, I think everything you were saying is right. I think the, the Falcons were terrible. I mean, there was only really in the first half a couple of plays to write home. Like there was one catch from Johnny Smith and then there was another one maybe to, was it Cadell Hodge? But it wasn't really much. I think second half they start off well. You know, you had the... Touchdown on the first drive, and you know, and then and ultimately, I don't think it was enough. But I think Ridder has to be careful now because I think he's got Taylor Heineke behind him, and Taylor Heineke is an ex- uh, experienced backup. He's had plenty of experience as a starter, and he's done, I think, at times okay and a fairly all right. And he's had these, he's had these moments. So I think he's got to be careful because whilst it's only only his first year as a starter, Arsenal's methods are going to care about that, and you know, when he got. A good running back room in, you know, in uh, Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algie, and I think a defense that has has signs and has good moments, has good players in it. I think he's he can't really afford to be um, held back by a bad quarterback. So I think if he does struggle again next week against the Texans, I think we could then see potentially a change. But um, yeah, interesting times for the Falcons. But for you, Shane, um, you obviously would have watched it at home. I'm guessing. Um, what was your take on the game? Um, I was actually in work when this game was on, so I didn't um I didn't manage to catch it, but I did catch the highlights when I came home. Um, I think everything has already been covered by yourself and Ollie regarding how the game went. I'm I mean I did see Trevor Lawrence throw a gorgeous 30 yard strike to Calvin Ridley, you know, which which popped the crowd to use a wrestling terminology. But yeah, I thought the Jags are a really good team. I think they're firing or at least starting to fire now. Um regarding these London games as well. Um, I've been a Ravens fan or well, an NFL fan since about 2001, and I never ever thought I'd get to see my team play ever, you know. But today, I've actually I'm in possession of my tickets today, so you know this will probably be one of the best days of my life. And I apologise in advance if I do manage to bump into you, and I'm a and I'm a blubbering mess, shall we say? Because I probably will be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. I remember you came on the podcast for the Ravens season preview. We talked about how it's your, it could be your first time seeing the Ravens play. And I'm, I'm just so happy for you because um, that's something that I felt as well. I know my first game, Dolphins, was, was 2021. It was that Jags game. Um, you know, it was only my fourth or fifth game at London. It was just, I was just, I thought it was just amazing. And, you know, when I actually I had more emotion there, I think, than when I went watching him in Miami. Cause I think it was just because of my first time ever watching a team play. It was just fantastic. I know we didn't win the game, but I think I'll always remember that day. Always because I remember everything about it from start to finish because 
I think you're right, it's special. And I don't know whether you had the same thing with the 49ers, Ollie, but I, I think it's just that first time seeing your team play, especially if you watch the league for a few years and you haven't yet watched them live. After years of watching them, following them, staying up late to watch them, to then watch them, just some, for some people in their backyard or you know, within a two, three-hour journey, it's an amazing experience. And I'm really happy for you, Shane. And I hope I get to see you. And I hope I... Um, I'll get some Kleenex ready for the day. Yes, please. I, I advise that. <laughs> so it's funny, it's funny you say say that because the reason I became a 49ers fan was because the first game I ever went to go watch was I think in 2009 and it was the 49ers versus the Broncos at Wembley Stadium. And at that point, I'd already been to San Francisco and despite the third string quarterback playing, San Francisco won. And that's why I became a 49ers fan. I mean, I, I thought I actually forgot to ask that question, but that was one of our planned questions was how you became a fan. It was. Um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, I've actually recently been to San Francisco and I thought that, I don't know why you agree, but I thought Pier 39 was just unbelievable, you know, and yeah. um, we did Alcatraz as well. That was really cool. Um, I'm intrigued actually to ask you, where did you stay hotel-wise out of curiosity? Do you remember the name so, of the hotel? Um, I've actually been to San Francisco three times. Oh, wow, okay. Um, the last time I went, the first two was with my family, so I didn't plan it. But the last time I went was with my friend who was a Vikings fan a couple of seasons ago where we went to the um, 49ers versus Vikings. And we stayed at the Hyatt Regency at Fisherman's Wharf. Oh, wow. I it mean, was that, about, that's an amazing it was about a two minute. Yeah, it was a two minute walk from an IHOP, which was important because we went there every day for breakfast. Um and it was about five minutes walk from Pier Thirty Nine, so it was a very good location. Well, you actually went there every day. I I hate I went I hated IHOP when I went there. I didn't think it was nice at all. Oh, we we definitely liked IHOP. <laughs> I thought it was the pancakes. But it was just I thought it was just I don't know. I didn't like the 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 buttercream on top of the pancakes. I didn't think they were that nice. And then the breakfast was just was not breakfast. I'm not gonna lie. It wasn't a you know a classic English fry up anyway. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit the 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 fry-up is different, but I, having been to America before, knew to ask for the pancakes without the buttercream on. Oh, okay, that, that's a game changer because that that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've been I've been lucky to go to America. I've been to America a lot of a lot in my lifetime, which I'm very lucky. So I feel like I know certain things of what to ask for and what not to ask for when at restaurants i've made the mistake before of asking for something with chips and it coming with crisps oh god oh god that's um i can't i can't be a nice surprise <laughs> <laughs> no getting a sandwich and crisps was interesting when i was expecting mm. it to come with chips or fries yeah that's um that's a life lesson that i think um probably a good one to have um yeah, I mean, only I thought your hotel because we actually got uh, almost got scammed by a hotel in San Francisco. So we got there, and then they wouldn't take our or our, our my friend told me I had paid it. They were telling me that I we hadn't paid it. There was a constant back and forth between my ourselves and them, and in the end, the guy just literally rips up our our um our room for the like reservation paper, rips it up in front of us, and told us to leave. And then, you know, oh, we were wow. stuck what to do. And then we had to go to another one. But it was literally, this is why I asked, because it was literally in amongst some sort of, some sort of crackdown, I swear, because there was hose people everywhere. In the bathroom of this place, my friend saw a heroin needle. Um, wow. There was, um, let's say, 
not the uh, human excrement on the walls as well. It was um, a horrible experience. I was intrigued because there was definitely a homelessness problem in there, but I felt like it was only really in one area, which is where the hotel hell hotel was. We went to last minute. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, was, yeah. Um, I mean, my my friend, my friend went to my friend went to San Francisco, and I always say it's my favorite city in the world. And he he was like, there was just homeless people everywhere, and I was like, well, then you didn't go to the right areas. Yeah, that, that's because there is a homeless that's... problem, but it is only in one area. And it's funny you say that because the first time I went to San Francisco, I stayed in that area, so I made sure to not stay there again. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. It's um, you know, something I, I know. I'm going back actually for a day because I'm busy. I've been obsessed for like five years now with Steph Curry, so basically I've managed to buy a ticket and a flight to San Fran for just from Vegas to San Fran in November. Um, and I'm going to basically, I've got tickets already. So I'm basically in two days, I'm going to be watching Steph Curry and LeBron James, which would be like, you know, an amazing, going to LA as well to watch that. So That's yeah, incredible. I'm That's incredible. And I'm definitely going to go back to that lid store. I don't know whether you went to the one on Pier 30, or whether you'd even open when you, when you last went, but I've been, I've been, I went to one in Vegas where it was, you know, it was amazing. And I go to this one in San Fran, it was literally like so incredible. You know, there was so many things there. There was the Florida Gators hat, there was college gear, there was loads of NFL jerseys and loads of like cool Golden State Warriors uh, jumpers and all that. So I thought that was the most amazing sports shop I've ever been to in my life. That was just an incredible store. There's a possibility I bought three hats in that shop. Oh wow! <laughs> and um, I and actually last time I was in San Francisco, I was also lucky enough to see Steph Curry. Oh, how, how was that? How did he play that day? Uh, he dropped thirty-five points, and the Warriors beat the Trailblazers. It was incredible. I was in San Francisco for six days, and in that time, I managed to go and watch Stanford versus Notre Dame. Wow. The Golden State Warriors versus the Portland Trailblazers and the Niners of the Vikings. Sorry, Vikings and Niners. That is um, some trip. <laughs> That's some yeah. days. Oh, so okay. if, if it's done to go for you, you can always be travel agents. <laughs> well, you never know. If the podcasting fails, you know, like always got a backup career in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but um, there's some things I know I'll never forget. And that experience at Levi Stadium, oh. this the noise there is on third down is something I will never forget. I know, I know exactly how you feel because I went to the game in week two, the Giants, no, sorry, week three, the Thursday night game in San Fran against the Giants. All be had to leave after an hour because that's what you get when you've got a friend booking a flight who's not an NFL fan. Um, so only caught about an hour of the game, but we went there, you know, for the whole two hours what was open for before the game, and I thought it was incredible. My mate who's a Colts fan, he also was amazed by it. It was only his second ever game in America. And I, I just couldn't believe how loud it was. Because I wasn't sure what to expect, because sometimes, you know, I've been to the Falcon Stadium, which is an amazing stadium. I've, I've been to ones like where it's not the best atmosphere. I'll put SoFi in that as well, um, controversially. But San Fran was, was nice stadium and also loud, which you don't always get with stadiums. It's normally one or the other. So I thought that was incredible. And I think obviously helped by those Giants fans there and there, they travel well and they're a good fan base. So have both of them there with us. And it was like 24 degrees that day. It was so warm. It was just, that was just incredible. And I wish I stayed there for the entire game, but I've still got to say I've been there and I can still say I've been to a game there. But yeah, that's an, ama that's an amazing statement. And I definitely would go back if I had the chance again. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to go back soon, but I'm not sure how that's going to go. 
Well, of course, Super Bowl is going to be there. I believe it's Super Bowl 60. I want to say maybe 60. Yes, it is, um, it's, it is Super Bowl 60, I believe, in 2026. Yeah, that, that's what I remember. The, the, the Super Bowl 50 was 2016, wasn't it? It's that, that makes perfect yeah. sense. It's, it's um, funny because Super Bowl 50 was also at Levi Stadium. Yeah, that, that's why I was thinking of Peter Manning's last game and all that. I remember there was stuff about Hopefully it. Hopefully, we'll finally get Metallica to do, to do the halftime show in Levi Stadium because they are Bay Area boys. I keep telling you, Metallica are not going to do the halftime show. They're not mainstream enough. Don't be daft. We have this, we have this argument every week, Andy. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that'll be... I mean, I would always say, I love like, the Arctic Monkeys or Kasabian, but I know they're never going to get the halftime show, unless it's in the UK. And even then, it won't probably be a cheering, wouldn't it? But... Um... <sighs> Yeah, no, that, that, that'll but be... I digress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's get back to the football and week four. Um, So before the Sunday games, there was a Thursday night game where the pa- the Lions beat the Packers by 34 points to 20. And then moving on to the Sunday slate, there were a few games at six o'clock UK time. So there was a real, I thought would be the worst game of the week, but it was actually one of the best in the Broncos. Um, Pack- uh, Bears, which friend of the show, Luke Campbell, went to Soldier Field, uh, 31 to 28 win for the Broncos. Um, a win for Tennessee surprising over the Bengals by 27 points to three. Um, I like that result. Oh, I mean, I loved it. I love seeing Derrick Henry do his thing. Uh, Rams and Coles was an overtime thriller as the Rams won 29 to three. Buccaneers beat the Saints and James Winston bowl 26 to nine. And the Eagles beat the Commanders 34 31 in overtime. But two games of six I want to focus on. Um, one involving my team as the Buffalo Bills beat the Dolphins 40 to 20. Now, I will get into more in depth about the Dolphins' performance um, in our other podcast, the Fins Nation UK podcast, which will be out, I believe, Thursday or Friday this week. Um, so keep an eye out for that one if you want to listen to that one. But I want to talk about mainly the Bill side of things. Now, pre-season, everyone was talking about the Chiefs, the Bengals, and those are the main two. And some people were putting the Dolphins in that chat, but not really, even after two weeks. No one was mentioning Buffalo. But the last three weeks, after their week one loss to the Jets, um, which albeit was a bad performance, they've won three games in a row and they've all been by 28 points or more. Now, for me, their defense has improved massively. I think that was the the key in this game. I think they did. They just we, we were just outplayed by a better team. I think the defense were just amazing. I think that defense gave us so many problems and two us so many problems. And you know, he got sacked. I think only for the second time or third time this year. Um, you know, in this game, but I thought the offense well looked really. I think. Generally, think this offense is probably the most, the best is looked in terms of the most balanced. You know, in years gone by, been Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, but now you're seeing the Tavis Murray get a few reps. You know, James Cook is getting involved, and they're using the run game a lot more. And Josh Allen is sort of beyond seeing his legs as much, and I think you're seeing a lot more just his arm. And I think they're saving his legs. I think they're saving his health in a way. And you know, we're seeing Stefan Diggs obviously got three on Sunday. Gabe Davis got involved, which Tony Romo loved, which I hate the fact he's on this game. Um, because he seemed to just be really hating whenever Dolphins did anything good. Um, but I thought the Bills for me looked amazing. I think that, you know, they're looking really good right now. And I know it's only four weeks in, but do you think after seeing the last three weeks, and especially seeing how they beat us a team that scored 70 points the week before, do you think that the Bills could act, this could actually be the year, which no one expected to be, the year where they actually do win the AC Championship game? Um, yes and no. <laughs> so um, I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So um, the very listeners of our podcast will know how high I am on tour because th- this argument comes up every week with another host who is very yep. low on tour. <laughs> however, you don't like them at all. You don't like however, them at all. 
yeah, he doesn't seem to accept that Tua can play, play well. However, Tua did not have a great game. And I do think the defense, that's to the defense's credit. You know, keeping uh, Tyreek under 60 yards, Waddle under 50, um, keeping most of quiet. However, I am worried for the defense because Tredavious White has obviously torn his Achilles. And that is a massive loss. He is sort of the lifeblood and the heartbeat of that Bills defense. So I'm not sure how well they would do without him. And to flip around onto the offensive side, at the moment they look imperious. But I'm not sure. And if they can keep that up, then yes, they have a great chance. But... I'm not sure they will be able to keep it up for the entire season. So on the current form, yes, but I'm a bit dubious due to the loss of uh, key piece on defence and if they keep the form up at the moment. What's your take on that, Jane? Um, I think the first week of the season um, was a blip for the Bills. You know, I th- I think obviously they've got all this offensive talent on 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 that sorry on that side of the ball, and I'm a big fan of Stefan Diggs, and the fact that he got a hat trick on Sunday shows the quality that we all know is there anyway. One of the touchdowns where he basically shook off two defenders that were in the middle of tackling him, and, and was like, "Nah, I'm going," and then he went, and I was like, "He just he just unbelievable," and like you said, Andy, about the fact that Josh Allen isn't using his legs as much anymore, so he's got um he's he's becoming more of a pocket passer, you know. He's using his legs less. If we look at the rest of the Bills games coming up now, or at least a couple of them, they've got the Jags on Sunday, which we've covered. They've got the Giants, the Pats, the Bucks, and the Bengals the next four games after that. I can't see them dropping a game until they play the Eagles at least on the 26th of November. And that'll be a shootout in itself. So I think the Bills are going to go far. I really do. Yeah, I sadly agree. I mean, um, I think, as you say, Ollie, that I actually forgot about the Davis White injury, and that, that's big. And I think that, you know, I think it will be a big miss in that sense. But I do still think at the same time, they've got other players in that team. I think they got Von Miller coming back in recent. Whether he'll be the same player, we don't know. But I still think there's plenty of players. I think, you know, people like AJ Epinesa on his day is a great player, and he has shown it in spurts. Like he can be a, a a player for the future for them, and you know they got they brought in Kaya Elam um last year, I believe it was in the draft, and they got they got players there. Uh, but I think even if their defense does struggle, I think the offense they've got on the way is performing right now. I think even if they you know concede twenty five thirty points in a the game, their offense is that good. A bit like cars really on our day, then they could score thirty five forty points. And I think that could be how they do it whilst he's out, and I think that's a big thing. Um. And also, I want to touch a little bit. I know I'll talk about more on Finns Nation, but the Dolphins' performance, I have no idea why they put a young player like Kay DeCohu on Stefan Diggs. I have absolutely no idea because the guy struggled. And I get it after maybe after the first time you think, okay, now we've changed up. But they, they kept at it the whole game. The whole game, Kay, not Kay, um, Kay DeCohu was on Stefan Diggs. And I think at some point, you've got to just change it around. And, um, you know, and I know Stephen Howe has not been at his best, but. Put, a, put an ex, a, at least an experienced cornerback on him, and I think that's one thing that Daniel will learn from. I think he learned he learned he learned a lot in his first year and a half, and he learned a lot about using the run game more, and that's what he's starting to do now. So I think he's got the ability to adapt and change. But 
I think the play calling was a, a bit questionable in this game. And I think the decision to go for two points when really you should have taken a point and just made it you know, a 14 point game, I believe it was. It definitely was, uh, it would have been back to being a seven or basically a touchdown sort of difference or two touchdown difference. So I think, yeah, definitely some lessons for us. But at the same time, I'm glad it's happened now rather than you know later on because now we can learn from this. We're still three and one, still level with the Bills on top. We've got the Giants next, which is at the moment probably a guaranteed win. Um, you know, and it, it's it's going to be, I, I think, you know, especially with the AFC East, you know, losing Rodgers to the Jets and the Patriots looking pretty bad. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've still got confidence we can at least challenge for the AFC East, if not win it. And I think we'll definitely make the playoffs unless something horrendous goes wrong. Um, speaking of the Patriots, we had, we we're meant to have other members of the third long podcast, Ollie on, but he, that was sickness. So he'll be on in the future, I'm sure. Uh, so we were. He's, he, he's <laughs> lost his voice after cheering so much at Wembley. <laughs> yeah. I then got humbled completely by the Cowboys game later on, which uh, did finish with 38 to 3, uh, which was in fact Bill Belichick's largest loss in his time as a head coach in the NFL. Other results um going on. So the actually before we do that, your team, Shane, um the Ravens put out a convincing 28 to 3 win against a Deshaun Watson less Cleveland Browns. Um your take on your your guys winning what is now a three and one start. Well, as I mentioned on our show last night, I saw something on Twitter uh, yesterday that said the AFC North is basically the Ravens and three dumpster fires. And I genuinely think it is. With the fact that, as you mentioned, uh, the Browns didn't have Deshaun Watson. And we capitalised on that. Lamar Jackson ran in for two. He passed to his favourite target, Mark Andrews, for another two touchdowns as well. And I think we look really good. We also had three interceptions. Brandon Stevens, Kyle Hamilton, again, his first interception. And it was also, name escapes me, it has been two days. <laughs> As I said, we've, uh, we, we look really, really convincing against the Browns. And the fact that we are three and one now, we sit alone atop of the AFC North. And we also have the, probably the biggest rivalry in the AFC to come this Sunday with those terrible towel twirling people, as I say. <laughs> and I think we win that one as well. So we are rolling into London against the Titans. I think we're rolling into London um, four and one and looking like we should take the Titans as well. Big weekend of rivalries this weekend. Was that? Big weekend of rivalries in the NFL. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I think what you've got, you've got Raven Steelers. Um, what else have we got here? You've got Oh, we got Dallas. Forty Niners, Dallas. Wow. Yeah, that that, that that's one. That that's the one I'm talking about. That's the rivalry. That is big. Um, now I don't know how you're going to take this, Shane. Um, I know you're three and one. I know you're, but I find you guys incredibly boring to watch. I don't know what it is. It's, okay, right. Like, as a hot take. Go on then. I don't ever sit down and go. I can't wait to watch the Ravens. Maybe in Lamar Jackson's MVP year. Maybe back there. I, I, I don't know. The last few years, I've I've been thinking. I just. I've never got excited watching the Ravens. I, obviously, your thing definitely. You're obviously been a fan for years, but I just never. I find even though you're winning, I think the main thing is you're winning games. I think that's kind of a good team. But I, I just, I just never get hyped up watching you guys play. I don't think I ever have really. It's well, it's mad to say, to say that. Now we got new offensive coach on board, Todd Munkin. So we've had to learn his style of offense. And we've always traditionally been a run heavy, a run heavy offense. But now the fact that he's more of a pass, more passing coach, and the fact that we've brought in the likes of OBJ and Nelson Aguilar, 
who I didn't have high hopes for, but fair play, he's he's pulling his share, you know. And we've also got Zay Flowers. Come on, you can't say, are you not entertained by Zay Flowers? He's incredible. I do love Zay Flowers, but the amount Ollie goes on about him, I do find myself mm, sometimes be, being like, can he just have a bad game just so Ollie doesn't bring it up? He wanted him in New England, see? He wanted him, but, but, oh, but we beat him, I, beat him I, for that one. I was fully aware that he wanted him. He's been harking on about him for about four years because <laughs> obviously being a Patriots fan he's also a Boston College fan so of course yeah it makes sense um yeah no yeah I think in the day you know I think just results matter more than performance and I think that you'd rather be winning games not playing well especially this time of year and I think that you know you're, as long as you're winning yeah. games that's the most important thing but I just yeah I can't say I get too upset about the Ravens um we're moving on um, to the other games. A nine o'clock slate as the Panthers lost again, went 0-4 as the Vikings got their first win of the year, a 21-13 win. The Texans looked very impressive as they beat the Steelers by 30 points to 16 and the Chargers beat the Raiders by 24 points to 17. And I mentioned before, Dallas Cowboys beat the New England Patriots by 38 points to 3. And before we go on to the very last game, the Chiefs, Beat the Jets, but not as close, not as big, not as overwhelming. Convincingly, you know, only three. Yeah, and... I'd, I'd, I'd 17, I'd 17 and uh, nil to the Chiefs. I was thinking this was going to go a very different way than it did. Yeah, I, I think I thought even with you know the defense, how good it is, I just thought Zach Wilson's there. Um, you know, the running back room hasn't been great until now. I just I was convinced they were going to get the win, but fair play to the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson actually was the passing leader in this game for more yards than Patrick Mahomes um, and and yeah I think that it's a shame um, for, for the fans because you know, their season's been robbed but I think with this kind of performance I think it's definitely encouraging even not even just for next season if they get Rodgers back and he's back to health the team they've got around him this is why I had him win the Super Bowl in our predictions episode because I think that team is so good around them the defence is incredible you know Garrett Wilson is an absolute stud you know and CJ Uzuma I think it's a good player, but he never gets the the, the sort of the target he, he deserves. And, you know, the running back room, Brees Hall, I think is a great young player. And Dalvin Cook, I think is showing signs of being washed, but I think as a backup, it's not the worst thing in the world. And that defence is just absolutely sensational. So, yeah, yeah I think the Jets have got positive despite losing that game. Uh, but I've got to say, if I see Taylor Swift one more time on my team, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check my remote to TV. It's just it's just too much. It really is just... It's, it's, it's very exhausting now. I think it needs just... Be, be rain down a little bit. I think get we get there touchy dating, we get all this. She's at the games, yes, it's great, but give it a rest. Come on, guys, this is ridiculous now. I, I do think Aaron Rodgers being back with the team will be a massive help for Zach Wilson, even though Rodgers isn't on the field. I feel like as a mentor in the background, that will help. And then before we go on to the final game of discussion, there was a game on last night as the Seahawks destroy the Giants by 24 points to three in a really embarrassing performance from the Giants. You know, Daniel Jones actually led the game with 203 passing yards, but he was pretty bad, you know, really bad. And the Seahawks defense was just, I thought, sensational. So fair play to them. And the Giants have the Bills and Dolphins in the next two games. That could be a one and six start for the Giants, but... Good luck. Oh, it's it's I... it's it's funny because um, in our podcast league, I'm actually, I was, this week I actually um, was playing Shane in fantasy football. Oh, and... Okay. Despite Shane having the Seahawks defense and them getting thirty points, yeah. I managed to just come out with the win. Decent. And it was in your team. 
Uh, I have McCaffrey and Ayuk who got me a lot. Oh, of yeah, points. I have McCaffrey, yeah. Yeah. But then some and, people take fancy for more serious than others, you know? Yes. I also uh, managed to see a tweet from Eric Armstead, the Niners D lineman, which said, um, Daniel Jones, I'm so disappointed in you. I, you threw the ball so quickly against us, but then this week you hold on to it for so long and let the Seahawks defense have career, ga- have career games. Oh, yeah, it, it, um, against okay. us, he was throwing throwing it so quickly. Yeah, it was. It was just. I think at that point as well. Yes, yesterday I felt like, or well, this morning, you should say for us UK uh, listeners, and I feel like after a certain point, Dave Bosch should just should let them go and just because there was a point where, especially in the fourth quarter, you knew they weren't going to win that game. There was no chance of them winning that game. Just take him out and just accept the loss. And yeah, I didn't do any help him, but I thought. You know, uh, particularly Devin, Devin Witherspoon, I thought, looked really, really good. I mean, it was, yeah, coming off the nickel, he just was everywhere. And then that interception as well, uh, I believe, was it a pick nine, as well? Nine, 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 seven yard pick six. Yeah, just it was just absolutely yeah. incredible. And I I decided to stay up to watch it. I don't know why, but I did. Wow. You saw, you saw a lot of rubbish football. So, um, yes. <laughs> I don't know who win, really. Um, going back to the fans' football, uh, at least Shane actually took part in the draft and in our one he wasn't even there you were on auto pick the entire time <laughs> Shane yeah, Shane was I, know. I didn't Shane even was, know what was going on with, with Shane was kind of, anyone, Shane was kind, kind of in, kind of involved in our draft uh, I was, he was on auto pick at the start <laughs> because it. I do everything off my phone do my podcasts about my phone I couldn't draft and be on on the podcast at the same time yes we did we did a, we did a live podcast during our draft Oh wow, that that sounds like a a crazy combination. Oh. I, 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 I <laughs> it was it was it was it. We've it's the second year we've done that. It's always an interesting episode. I bet, yeah, I bet. It's um, how long was how long was your picks? How long was it per pick time wise? So I I was the commissioner and um I cut it from ninety seconds down to sixty. Oh my god, that that sounds like absolute chaos. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we were, I also cut it down from sixteen teams to twelve teams. Uh, okay, that, that's because a bit quicker then. Last last year was long because it was nine seconds per pick, sixteen teams per round. It was long. I'm not on that one, like. So, <laughs> cut down the teams, cut down the number, the, the time for pick, and it ran a lot more smoothly this year. Sounds good. Speaking of sounding good, um, the Niners look really good right now as they had another win to go four zero as they beat the, the Cardinals. 35 to 16. Now, there are a couple of records. Um, McCaffrey, I believe he's got the most consecutive games now with a touchdown. And for the first time ever, you've scored 30 points or more in your first four games. I mean, just how good was that performance? But also, just how good has your team been this year? How good have you looked so I was gonna far? Say, before we do, before we do, this is what's known on our podcast as the pee break part of the show. So if you want to go now, you're more than welcome to stick the kettle on. <laughs> go for it, go for it, Ollie. So, um, as you said, McCaffrey has broken the record. He has scored a touchdown in 13 consecutive games. I mean, he then added it by scoring three more this game and getting two, four touchdowns. And uh, uh, when talking to people, I have called McCaffrey a real-life cheat code. Mm. And I think that's probably the best way to describe him. Ayuk had a game without actually scoring a touchdown. I think he had 146 yards. But the thing that's a bit weird about this is 
although we we've beaten every team convincingly, in the third quarter or at halftime, it's usually been a one-score game. So it seems like we almost wear teams down and then in the second half extend our lead. So I'm not sure if it's just very good adaptations at halftime or whether it's wearing down the other team or whether it's just sure coincidence because it is only four games. But we do seem to be playing a lot better in the second half. However, this is our first real test, I think, against Dallas. And I I am a bit worried about our secondary because um, Ambry Thomas does not look like he's at the correct level and also the right side of our offensive line with Spencer Barefoot and Colton McVitz trying to um, contain the very good pass rush from the Cowboys for next week. But all in all, I'm very happy with the 4 0 oh, We're playing well. We've got all, all our pieces on offense are clicking, which is good. Should have Debo back to healthy next week. So it's looking it's looking good. And hopefully if we beat Dallas, we should be able to extend that because we've got a fairly easy set uh, run of fixtures after that. Yeah, I mean, looking at your schedule now, so you've played some fairly fabled teams, you know, the Cardinals, the Giants, you know, the Steelers and all that. And then, you know, I think, I don't know what Sean Watson's injury is like, but you're playing him and you may be playing Thomas Johnson or Robinson or whatever he's called. You've got the Vikings who haven't been great so far. You've got the Bengals, and I think they're a real anomaly. They're a real interesting one because I think I, I even though they're one and three, I still if Burrow does get back to health, as long as they make as long as they make the playoffs and edge in, I can still see him being a problem. But then you've got you know the Jags, the Bucks, the Seahawks twice, the Cardinals again. Uh, you've got the Ravens, and we which is a third and long derby there in week sixteen. Yes, on Christmas Day, Christmas night, Christmas night. That is quite the um, quite the matchup there in state. But um, you know, I think you've got a fairly good schedule, and I think that for me personally, the from an outside of looking in, I think right now you've been the best team in the league by some way because the Cowboys look good in the first two weeks, but they look bad in week three against Cardinals. We looked amazing in the first three weeks. We looked times we I think we were definitely outplayed by the Bills in week four. So. I thought you guys have been good every single week. I mean, Brock Purdy has looked back. He's not, I don't think he's yet lost a regular season game as a starter. And he's, you know, he's looking every bit as good as he was before the injury. So those doubts are out the way. I genuinely think McCaffrey is, I genuinely think the best mid season trade anyone's made in the last five, 10 years. I really do think that his addition, I bet Groplo wishes he had him when he was at 49ers, but. I think that I can't think of a more to the mid-season acquisitions a trade with that much more of an impact. I think even if you look at off-season trades, that's probably sort of still up there anyway. It's one of the best. I think I don't think anyone in the last few years has made that much of an impact from a trade as him. I think he's been sensational. I really like Ayuk. I like I like Debo, but I'm not as high maybe as others. I think he's a work on his consistency. But George Kittle is an amazing tight end. The defense you've got there, Fred Warner, arguably the best linebacker in the game, if not one of the best. You've got Eric Armstead. You've got um, Javon Hargrave came in from the Eagles. You've got such a good team. And it's so well coached as well. I think you guys right now, personally and now, I think I can see you being a Chiefs 9 of Super Bowl. I still think the Chiefs will get there. And I think you guys, for me right now, if I, if I had to put, put me on any team winning it, 
it'd be you guys. I bet on you guys more than anyone else in the league. I think you're that good. Um, Shane, do you share that sentiment or how are you feeling on the Niners? Do you agree they're also the best it's team? It's not, yeah. Um, in all honesty, yeah. We've said it on our podcast multiple times. The Niners are probably the best team in football right now. There's, there's With every team, there's a weakness. With every team, there's a weak link. They don't seem to have one. You know, I mean, Brock Purdy, fair play to him. Mr. Irrelevant hasn't lost any game that he started, which is an incredible statistic for anyone, to be fair. And when you've got a security blanket like McCaffrey, who is 18 to 1 on Sky Bet for season MVP, that's not a bad oh, show. I'm getting, I'm getting in on that. I'm after, after I know. the podcast, putting a tenor on that. <laughs> oh, yes. And you've got, like, as you said, Brandon Ayuk and Debo. And that, that's and George Kittle, shirt, who at, exactly George Kittle, who was at Monday Night Raw last night. I sent him, I put a video in our in our group chat about that. But yeah, they got him as well, and that's without even mentioning the defensive side of the ball. What, as I said, they'll probably get there. They'll probably win it all. But I just can't stand the fans, Andy. You know, <laughs> 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 two Niners fans, two Niners fans all over the group chat whenever we're winning. I don't think they can handle it. But it's oh, no, funny. To... It's, it's funny you brought up the McCaffrey trade because it's coming up to a year when till that since that trade happened, and I always think back to the analysis from ESPN when that trade happened. So um, they gave the Niners a grade of C minus for the trade, and their quote was, "The Niners will live to regret this trade." Well, they certainly aren't. <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting to start the, for the regret to start. <laughs> No, I'm going to say, as I think there's one weakness in this team. Um, it's the Kyle Shanahan choke. Now, we've seen it yes. with the as coordinator. We saw it in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs in Miami. And, you know, I think the last two losses in the championship, you can't really be with him because I think, you know, I, I, I think that probably down to the quarterback being Ruppel at the time. But that's my only worry for you guys is when it's come to a big game, You've often lost it, and that's my only worry about you guys now. Friend of the show, Paul Hope, is someone that you know I'm sure shared the same sentiment as as well. But yeah, I think that's got to be the only concern going in for. And obviously injuries. The last few years for you guys, injuries. I mean, that's been a big problem ever since you played the Super Bowl. Year after was a really injury hit year, and you know we had a lot of injuries last year as well. And obviously we all, we all know what happened in that NFC Championship game when you were at one point having McCaffrey as the quarterback. Um, yeah, so that's got to be. Yeah. Some concern for you, isn't it, Ollie? I mean, my uh, there is a Kyle Shanahan choke, but my biggest concern is actually the secondary. Uh, I really don't think Ambry Thomas is at the level. There's a bit of talk on Twitter of a potential trade for Patrick Sertan Jr. Oh, that would be insane. That would be like after Rich getting richer. Oh. That is because <laughs> yeah. we 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 have the cap space and we have the capital. So I'm not sure if it's... I've not seen any um, credible sources saying anything about it, but the fans are very vocal about it. Uh, about as vocal as the clamour was for um, the Fortnite to trade for a certain Christian McCaffrey about this time last year. Well, so I'm, I'm not gonna sure... Say, I'm going to say, you don't get ahead of yourself, because we, we had the same thing with Jonathan Taylor and Eric Henry and Austin Eckler, and we had... And Dalvin Cook was a big one we were constantly having for. It never happened. So, yeah, I've thought yeah. now never to trust Twitter from from my sources. The, the Dalvin Cook one, the Dalvin Cook one's a funny one because I was actually in Orlando in April with the same friend who was a Vikings fan, 
Ah, uh, he was wearing his Dalvin Cook shirt, and somebody just went up to him and said, "Cook's going to Miami," and then just walked off. <laughs> just just out of nowhere, at Di- at Disney World, just walked up to him when Cook's going to Miami, and then just walked off. Wow. <laughs> so well, yeah, and before that, I hadn't heard anything about Cook leaving, and then I uh, googled it and. There was suddenly a load of it. Everything, everyone was like, "Yeah, Cook's gonna leave." I was like, "Wow, I didn't. I must have missed that." Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm actually glad it didn't happen. Now, I was actually annoyed it didn't happen. I was sort of. I was. I remember as well when I, I was certainly looking up Derek Henry rumors when I was swirling around. But um, looking at how he's performed so far, I'm actually glad he didn't come. I think we've got two good back. I think AK looks like an amazing running back, and then most. I think. Mm. If you take away the fumble against the Bills, which I think ultimately changed the game, I think he's been an amazing part of. I think he's playing his best football in his career, maybe apart from that one year in, in with the Niners when he made the Super Bowl. So yeah, I'm and, actually glad we heard that one. With Jeff Wilson Jr. coming back, somebody that I really liked at the Niners, and I was a bit gutted we traded him. He hmm. he'll be back. I think he's back week six. I'm not sure he's going to play now. I mean, is he going to be our third choice back? I can't see him getting ahead of a chain and. Uh, mostly, he only really had probably two good games in the Dolphins jersey. So I, I, I do. There was talk of him being part of a trade for Dalton Taylor, which I wouldn't be against. But I'm actually fine with who we've got. Um, so yeah, I, I think Jeff Wilson could be someone we trade away. I can't see his, I can't see his having him as our third choice. I think he's just he's too good to be a third choice back. So I think we will ultimately get some trade value for him. I think I think we'll get rid of him ultimately. But yeah, well, the shame. Yeah, like that Browns game he was amazing, and I. I think he um, certainly won a lot of Dolphins fans' hearts, that Brown performance. But, yeah, Shane, the injury's coming at the wrong time for him, really. That, that, was, the, that was the same with um, why Jeff Wilson Jr. left um, the Niners. Obviously, we had Christian McCaffrey, then we had Elijah Mitchell. Then it was him. So, I think it was his contract was up at the end of the season. We weren't going to um, renew it, so get a fifth-round pick while we could. Yeah, absolutely. And that is where we'll end the podcast for today. So, first of all, thank you once again for Shane for coming on and for Ollie for coming for the first time to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. No problem. No worries about any time. I, no. I love talking football. I love having hot takes. So, Absolutely. We had them all today. It's been a great episode. Um, before we do go, obviously your podcast, I've promoted it before, but what can we look forward to in the third long podcast coming up the next week or two? So um, we'll be breaking down the London game with me and Ollie being there again. Um, hopefully I managed to get a great video of the Drake London touchdown last, last week. So hopefully I can get a good video of another one. Um, me and Ollie will probably have an uh, argument about Tua because we tend to every week. Because yeah. I'm very high on him and Ollie is not. Um, uh, Phil and... Phil and me will probably go in on Mac Jones. There's lots of just rants about how bad the Patriots are. That will definitely come up in the next week or so. Well, and I'm, then here we'll, I'm here for and, that. And we'll get to see Shane's reaction to watching the Ravens for the first time. Mm-hmm. I still don't know how I'm going to be. I still don't know how I'm going to be. I'm going to be on alert for you on Sunday. I'm going to be looking for... I'm going to try and see if I can find you somewhere. And I'm just... I'm, just, I'm expecting to see just like... The whole seat just like full of tears and puddles. I'm sure the cameras will find him and get him on the big screen. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that that would literally be that would be sensational content. On on, on the on the bongo cam. <laughs> yeah. 
If you appear with listeners does want to find me, it is uh, Shane underscore Harris 14 on Twitter, and the podcast feed is at Third and Long Pod UK on Twitter as well. Third and Long UK Pod. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, certainly go to, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, go check that out. Um, good podcast. I've been on a guest before, had a blast. So, yeah, it's a good one to listen to. Uh, but in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast, our week four review. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Shane and Ollie from Third and Long, and we will see you guys next time.